Well, it's a good day in the house of the Lord. Are you grateful today? Amen. Amen. Well, it is uh, it's Thanksgiving week, the week you're forced to say thank you. Oh, that we would be a people who were not forced to say thank you. Um, I, uh, somebody was saying, you know, I don't like Thanksgiving because it just seems like a manipulative way to get people to gather around and say thank you for things or whatnot. And, you know, I thought about it. I need that reminder. I need, I need a Thanksgiving in my life. And I'll tell you, I'm still in process and I want to become a person who's grateful day by day by day. But I'm, I am thankful for Thanksgiving as a reminder in my life to be thankful. And, uh, and I hope you are too. I am really thankful for the macaroni and cheese I'm going to eat this week. And uh, I'm not so thankful for the judgment that I guess is coming my way from some of my friends, uh, my, my macaroni and cheese that I'm going to be making. Uh, but I'm thankful for turkey and dressing and green beans and all. Are you hungry yet? We still got a good three hours before we leave today. Uh, no. Uh, but I'm thankful for Thanksgiving. I hope that you have plans this Thanksgiving to gather around the table with loved ones and to really spend time, uh, some substantial time with, with, people that you, with people that you love. Before we get into uh, the message today, we have some things com- uh, coming up here at Springhouse I want to make you aware of uh, so that you kind of know what the plan is. You know, what are we doing? What's Springhouse doing for, for Christmas this year? Uh, so the first, um, let, me go, let me start with this. Uh, every seven years or so, uh, there is a year where there are five Sundays before Christmas, and we are actually in one of those years this year. And if you uh, have followed us or been with us for quite some time, you know that we celebrate Advent here. It's the four Sundays before Christmas, and uh, with us having five Sundays this year, uh, that you know that throws things off a little bit, but. Uh, we, uh, we're not going to actually have a gathering on Christmas Eve. That is Sunday because we recognize that a lot of families travel and do things on Christmas Eve. And because we have, over the last 35 years, we've had a Christmas Day service uh, from 11 to noon. So on Christmas Day, we will celebrate the birth of our Savior from 11 o'clock to 12 here, and there will be no gathering on Christmas Eve. So therefore, Springhouse is going to shift Advent back one week, okay? And we're going to start celebrating Advent next week. So when you come in here next week and you see Christmas everywhere and you see Advent 1, please don't tap me on the shoulder and say, Kevin, I just want to let you know that Advent actually doesn't start until next week. I'm aware, but we are that church and we're switching it, okay? So... We're going to start with Advent one next week, and we're going to go through the four Advents. We won't have a gathering uh, on Christmas Eve. So first things up, best Christmas pageant ever. And guess what? It is going to be the best Christmas pageant ever right here on Springhouse Theater stage. Now, here's the deal. Uh, I want you to bring somebody to this show. Uh, it is going to be a short show. And I, the reason I say that is sometimes you might go and say, hey, would you come to a play with me? And, and they're like, no, I want to sit for a three hour. No, this is a one hour action packed fun. It's going to be great. Okay. Come and be a part of that. Those are the dates there. Bring somebody. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be really, really wonderful. Starts on November 30th. Okay. So that's right out of the gate. Uh, next, we're going to have a Springhouse family Christmas party. Now, the reason we started to do a Springhouse family Christmas party 
quite frankly, was because all the ministries here at the church started to do their individual Christmas parties, which meant I had to go to 45 parties, and so did some of you. Okay, so we decided let's put all the ministries together and do one big Christmas party together, and that's going to be on December 10th. There's only going to be one gathering at 1030. Uh, That would be this gathering, and then following, we're going to have bingo, we're going to have food, we're going to have, I heard the candy bar was like a hit last year, so that's coming back. Uh, Photo booth, there's going to be games, there's going to be a rock climb, there's going to be a bunch of stuff for you guys to be able to do. Uh, We want you to come and and hang out and fellowship with one another, okay? It's going to be a very special day, so one gathering uh, for our Springhouse Christmas party on December the 10th. After that, we've got our annual Carols by Candlelight celebration. Uh, This will be our 36th annual, and it will be at 7 p.m. on December 20th, the Wednesday before Christmas, and we don't want you to miss it. The house is usually packed out, so come. You'll bring your family, and we're going to worship the Lord that night. It's going to be real special, so make plans to be here on December 20th for Carols by Candlelight. Again, there will be no gathering on Christmas Eve, and then we will meet for one hour on Christmas Day. Now, I've been here for uh, 27 years or something like that, and here's the thing. I've missed one Christmas Day service, and I thought about it the entire day long, Okay. There's something about the Christmas Day service that it just puts everything right into perspective. Now, especially because we're not meeting on Christmas Eve, come on Christmas Day. It's going to be one hour. We promise we will get you out of here at noon. I will say the blessing and cut everybody else at noon, okay? We will be out of here at noon, I promise. One hour, come and worship with us on Christmas Day. And then New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve is also a Sunday this year, and we will also be having one gathering that day from 1030 to 12, uh, and it is our Read the Word Sunday. As we get prepped for our new series next year, which is going to be, I'm excited about next year, guys. We're going to be talking about his word, his life, and his church. It's going to be dynamite, okay? So be here for the kickoff sermon and message on on New Year's Eve for 2024. Is that good? Okay. If you were sleeping... Go on the app and figure out your life, okay? We expect you to be here. All right. Uh, So this week is Thanksgiving week, and I am thrilled about Thanksgiving. I'm reminded about how grateful I am for so many of you in this place, and I'm thankful for the Lord. I'm thankful for what he's done in my life, and and I hope that you are too. Let's stand. We're going to read a short scripture from the book of Colossians, Paul's letter to the Colossians. Are we ready? Can you read it with some gusto today like you mean it? Here we go. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. Father, we are grateful today in this place. We are grateful today because of the blood of Jesus Christ that saves us from our sins and gives us the ability to even talk to you. I pray, Lord, today that you would soften hard places in people's hearts. I pray, Lord, that your word would be conveyed well. And I pray, Lord, that anything that's my junk would fall to the ground and everything you have would stand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One of the things that I kind of uh, enjoy about Uh, this time of year, as uh, many of you know that Sherry and I run the school up the road, and um, and we will have the uh, vendors or the or I guess the businesses that partner with us. They will come to our school and they will drop off gifts at this time of year. Like they'll come and the, we might get a bunt cake. 
to say thank you for, you know, using our cheese service or, you know, or, or here's some cookies for doing this or, or here's a thank you gift card to Starbucks, you know, and, and I'm always ready to receive those things when they come in, you know, especially as the check signer, I'm, you know, I'm ready to receive those, those appreciation gifts, you know, as they come at the end of the year. And uh, so there was this bank, we, we used to be with this particular bank, I'm not going to name the bank, uh, but we were with this particular bank and uh, this guy who was our rep at the bank, he would come every year and he would spend about 15 or 20 minutes with me and he would bring a plate of homemade cookies and it was a bit, it, it, it was wrapped like you got it from Sam's, but it was made from his wife at home. And it always impressed me because when he would show up with these cookies, first of all, they were delicious. I look forward to them every year. I told him, I was like, it was like October. I'm like, I'm, I'm looking forward to the cookies to come. And he would come and spend and, and hang out with me. And he would bring this platter. And I just always enjoyed conversing with him and the cookies that he would bring. And he always in that meeting, he would always say, Kevin, I'm just so appreciative that you have chosen this bank and, and that we have a relationship and a partnership. And he took really good care of us. Well, he decided to jump ship and go to a different bank. And so, uh, so that following year, um, I was, you know, as I was collecting the bunk cake and the, you know, Starbucks, I was thinking, what is, you know, what is this bank going to bring, if anything, you know, or whatnot. So the person shows up, they show up and they sit me down and, uh, and we get into the room and they say, Kevin, we're going to need your financials by this time at this, at this date. And we're going to need to make sure that this is in line. And if you don't have this in by this time, you're going to have to pay interest on this. And we're going to need this by 1159 on this night. Do you understand everything? I just need your signature here. Bye. That left a bad taste in my mouth. It wasn't that anything that they were conveying was wrong or out of place or something that I wasn't used to. But when you are used to being appreciated and it goes away, you notice it. When you are in a situation where you feel valued and appreciated and it disappears, you realize that something has changed. And so... We left that bank. And uh, anyway, I, uh, <laughs> here's the thing. People value the expression of gratitude. We value the expression of gratitude. And I would go as far as to say that in our heart connection relationally to one another, when gratitude is not a part of it, it's, it can potentially sever the relationship. Gratefulness, gratitude flows from the heart. It flows from the heart. And all of us, I, I dare say, all of us have been in a position at some point in your life where you felt that you should have been appreciated and you were not. Is that true? You've been in a position where you felt like you should have been appreciated and it just didn't, it just didn't, it didn't come. Here's the thing. Andy Stanley talks a little bit about this and he says it like this. He says, it's such an anomaly because the person, the victim of the person, the victim, the one who's not being appreciated usually feels it like a weight on their shoulders. And the one who's the perpetrator, the one who gives the thanks that didn't do it, they're not thinking of it at all. And the one who's got the weight doesn't want to be the awkward one to say, hey, What's up? Give me a thank you or something. Because when you say, hey, what about my thank you? Then the person says, oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Which translates into, oh, you big baby. Have your thank you, little insecure person. Right? So we don't want to be that person. And so we just carry the weight 
We carry the weight and it influences our decision-making and our relational posture going forward. Such a small thing has magnitude impact, has a a, a massive, a massive impact. We want to know that what we are doing, what we are saying, how we are contributing is not, is, is a value. And the only real way to do that, the only real way to convey it is to express gratitude. And it's not so much that we don't feel grateful. We, um, you know, we are people, I, I passed, I think, I'm praise the Lord, I hope so. I passed a kidney stone this week. And um, has anybody had a kidney stone? Those are painful. I spent some time on the ER floor at St. Thomas. It was, it was, not, a, it was not a glorious experience. And, uh, and uh, I, what was even worse was when I go to the doctor to expect him to say it's been passing. He's like, no, it's still there. It's still there. It's going to move. And, uh, and move it did that night. It sure did. Uh, and, uh, but it was excruciating pain. But there's nothing like being forced into a position of thankfulness. <laughs> I don't feel the pain anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Have you ever been forced into a position of of gratitude? Have you ever had someone in your life expect you, expect you to know what they're feeling without them telling you how they feel? Have you ever had somebody, it's like, it's like, you should have known I was feeling bad. You should have known I was, or, or you should have known that I needed to be appreciated. We are not mind readers, people but we are called to relationship and relationship requires communication. And part of the communication that we're talking about today is the communication of appreciation, a communication of gratefulness. Are you grateful for the person you're sitting next to? Are you grateful for the people in your life? And when is the last time, when is the last time you actually looked them in the eye without prompting from somebody else and said, thank you? Unexpressed gratitude, unexpressed gratitude is perceived as a lack of gratitude. Unexpressed gratitude is perceived as a lack of gratitude. It doesn't matter. I could be at home talking to Sherry all day long about how grateful and how wonderful and how positive I feel about such and such and so and so. But if I never convey that to the person, it is perceived as a lack of gratitude. People cannot read your minds. They cannot pull the feelings out of you. And what happens is we begin on this side of the coin to begin to feel feel, uh, the sentiment of rejection and resentment. And it sets up all because two simple words were not expressed. We are not created to read minds, but we were created for a relationship and relationship requires communication. So what are some of the roadblocks? What are some of the roadblocks that stop us, render us incapable sometimes of expressing gratitude? Here's the first one. They know how I feel. They know how I feel. I I spend time with that person every single day. I text with that person every single day. I, I live with that person for 20 years. I, I, they know how I feel. They know, they, 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 they know I don't need to do anything extra. I did the dishes last night. You should know I appreciate you. You laugh. They, they know how I, how I feel is a roadblock, is a roadblock from us being able to authentically express gratitude. 
Let me give you a clue. They don't always know how you feel. They don't always know how you feel. Because you know why? Because feelings change because they're fickle. And so daily reminders, I'm thankful for you. I'm grateful for what you do. Thank you so much. Letting it become just this automatic. We sure do it with our kids. If your parents in the room, somebody hands my child something, what's the first thing? You better say thank you right now. We condition our kids to say thank you. But somewhere along the line, we stop. We stop. They know how I feel. Number two, it makes me look weak. If I say thank you to that person, it actually communicates that I needed your help to actually do what I succeeded at. So it kind of takes a little bit away from, from me. So if I, if I say thank you, I give a little bit of credit. Can I just tell you something? Every bit of your success in this life, you had a group of people around you praying for you, believing you, holding your arms up, preparing things for you, the sacrifices of people's time uh, from home, all these things. You had a bunch of people around you to help you get where you are today, and you ought to be grateful for them. You ought to show appreciation to them. It makes me look weak. The second hurdle, the second hurdle, it makes me look Weak. Third, they're just doing their job. Maybe it's employees, if you're a business owner. They're, they're getting their paycheck. That's thanks enough. Or maybe it's the employer. Oh, they're the boss. They should be doing that for me. Or maybe it's a husband or a wife. This has kept us together. Of course they're doing that to serve me. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what we said the vows for here. Parents, kids, teens in the room, let me give you a little bit of a, a piece of advice. You want your parents to just give you and give you and give you and give you what you want? Express gratitude. Express gratitude over and over and over. And I'm telling you, when my girls say thank you and it's heartfelt without prompting, you can have whatever you want. You want some more? You can, come on, come on. Let me, where's my wallet? You can have, there is nothing like your child looking at you in the eye and say, thank you so much. It's one of the reasons, one of the joys at Christmas for parents is to give their, to see their kids just light up with joy and to, and to express gratitude. They're just doing their job. Do you know that parenting is a volunteer position? Teens, your parents are in a volunteer role. Be grateful. Be grateful. Romans 12, 3 says this, For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. When we do not render or express thanksgiving to one another, we think of ourselves higher than we ought to think of ourselves. We think of ourselves higher. We think, maybe I deserve this. They don't deserve communication back from me or an appreciation. And therefore, we put a chasm in between our relationship. And I believe that God desires for us to be in harmony and in unity in our relationships. And so the Holy Spirit comes in and he gives us the ability to break down hard places to walk in humility, and to express gratitude. 
It is difficult to express gratitude when you appreciate yourself more than anyone else. And we can get into the trap of thinking that expressing thanks is a concession or it's a bonus or it's just something, you know, it's just something that, that's nice for us to do. But can I just tell you, if you're a Christian in this room, that giving thanks is part of God's will for your life? You know, if, if you were to ask me, Kevin, what's the number one question you've been asked as a youth pastor and as a pastor? The number one question is this, what is God's will for my life? And what they're actually asking me is, what does God want me to do with, with my life? What does God want me to do? Let me tell you something. If you're struggling with what God wants you to do with your life, start with the obvious things. Start with the obvious things. And the obvious things are as plain as can be in scripture. It says this, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. But look at what this verse in 1 Thessalonians says. Give thanks in all circumstances for what? This is the will of God. In Christ Jesus, what is the will for, what is the, what's God, what is your will for my life? Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. In some of those circumstances, give thanks. In the circumstances that feel good, give thanks. In the circumstances that you like, give thanks. When they were being nice to you, give thanks. No, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all, we've been talking about faith around here. We've been talking about, sometimes you've got to give thanks in a circumstance that you don't like because by giving thanks to a God in that circumstance, you believe that God can come in and change everything about the circumstance and do it for your good. Sometimes the thankful posture is to say, God, I believe who you are despite how this feels, despite how this feels. And so God gives us the ability through his Holy Spirit to say, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to choose to be thankful. I'm going to render thanksgiving to God. God, I can't stand this situation. is so awful. It's so hard. I'm going to give you thanks. I'm going to thank you for it anyway, because I believe that there's something on the other side of it. I believe there's something on the other side. Jesus, it was important to Jesus that we give thanks. There's a story tucked into Luke, Luke chapter 17, that I'm going to read to you today. Maybe it's familiar to you, um, but let's kind of break this down. Let's dissect this. Uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 11, it says this. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Samaria and Galilee along the border. Uh, the Galileans and the Samaritans, they were not friends. They were not hanging out with it. In fact, Samaritans were looked at as dogs, okay? I mean, they, they were, they were outcasts. They were, I mean, th these two peoples were in conflict with one another. And Jesus is walking along the border of Samaria and Galilee. Don't you love it? If you read scripture, which I encourage you to do, if you read scripture, you will find Jesus plopping himself in the most precarious situation. Just in the right in the He is not afraid to walk right into the most awkward thing and be like, I'm here. <laughs> here I am. You know? Uh, because Galileans did not. The Galileans were Jesus' people. They didn't run with Samaritans. And Jesus, is like, I think I'm going to travel. You know how many ways he could have gotten to where he was? I'm going to travel right through here, just walking right by, you know? And so, and so he goes through there, and this is what he says. And he was going into a village. Ten men 
who had leprosy met him. Now, leprosy was a, a very contagious skin disease uh, that people had, and people would die from it. And here's the thing. The law said that if you have leprosy, you were outcast from the city. So you had to go and live in a village on the outskirts of the city. And if anybody was to approach you, you were to make it loud and known that you had leprosy so nobody would come close, right? And so there, he's, 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 uh, he's, he's, he's walking between Samaria and, and Galilee, and we're gonna find we're gonna we're gonna find out later that this is a true statement. But this I find this interesting. The village or the or the place rather that the lepers were, the ten lepers, they were made up of both Samaritans and, and Galileans, not just one population. Why is that significant? It's interesting how pain and hurt will allow you to lay aside every political difference, every religious difference, every pain and hurt will do a lot of things to bring people together. Very interesting that, very interesting. So so these 10 10 guys come and Jesus is coming and here's what happens. 10 men come out and they say say this, they say, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Now over in Luke chapter five, if you read your scripture, Jesus has healed a leper. And he says to the leper, he says, don't go tell anybody about this. But right after this, it says his fame spread through the region. His fame just spread. I have a feeling, it doesn't say this, but I have a feeling that that little community of lepers found out that Jesus knew how to heal because that made them go, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Have pity on us. So they cry out to Jesus and Jesus responds to them. And he says this, he says, when, it, when he saw them, he says, go. Now I'm gonna tell you, lepers knew that word, go. People are shouting go at them all the time. But Jesus always has a little bit more to say. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. Why? Why go show yourself to the priest? Well, it was customary back in that day that in order for a leper to be considered clean and acclimate back to society, the priest had to give them a certificate that said, you are clean and good to go. So Jesus was telling them, go to the priest, essentially to get your certificate of being clean. Guys, there is no better picture of walking by faith than this. There's no better picture than Jesus saying, go get your healing certificate before you're healed. And so either one, two, one or two things are going to happen. The lepers are going to be healed on their way or they're going to be made out to be fools. But one way or the other, they chose to go to the priest. Look, guys, I'm telling you, some of you need to step out and go ahead and pay the bill, believing God is going to supply the funds. Some of us need to step out in faith and do some things that are extraordinary, trusting that God is going to supply the need. This is what faith is all about. This is a picture of faith. And so these, these guys step out and guess what? Because of their faith, guess what happens? Anybody want to guess? They get healed. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. Now, that would have been a nice little story, but it doesn't end there. One of them, everybody say one. One of them. How many were there? One of them. When he saw he was healed came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus's feet and thanked him. This part. And he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even part of Jesus's people. How do we know that? Because of Jesus's response here. This one man comes back And he gives praise to Jesus for what Jesus did to change his life. 
And Jesus asked this question. Were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Where are the, you know what this tells me? Jesus cares about gratitude. He cares about thanksgiving and praise. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise except for this foreigner? Rise up and be well. Your faith has saved you. Where are the other nine? Jesus cares about our gratitude. The other nine, listen to this, the other nine were more obsessed with what they got than who it came from. And some of us live lives where we are more obsessed by what we get from people than expressing our gratitude for who it comes from. Therefore, we use and take for granted the blessings that God has put right in front of us every single day. Here's the thing. The world always has, and the flesh always has, an inward focus. No matter what. And guys, we, if you're a Christian here, you don't belong to the world, but you also have to deal with this little flesh thing here, okay? And anytime you're thinking in the flesh, it's an inward focus, inward focus. But the kingdom and the spirit is always an outward flow. It's always an outward focus. And in operating with the spirit, It renders you the ability to recognize, I value what you have placed into my life. And not only do I value what you've placed in my life, I praise God for what he's done in you to put you in my life. And it's a, it's kind of like a circle. You just, you receive and then you give thanks and you give thanks to God and it comes back around more and more and more. The world would often try to taint, listen to this. And this is kind of what my point for today is. The world would want to taint the most beautiful and wonderful blessings from the Lord, especially, especially when it comes to relationships, especially when it comes to relationships. Here's the thing. I want to put this up before I expand. You cannot expect the world to understand the blessings that flow from the kingdom. You cannot expect the world to understand the blessings that flow from the kingdom. Guys, I'm telling you, God has in this season, I'm learning a lot about seasons in my life right now. In this season, God has placed some extraordinary people in your life. Right now, today, he's placed some extraordinary people in your life. For some, it may be one. For some, it may be two, three. But there are some people in your life right now that he's placed. And here's the thing. The world, sometimes when God gets involved and he blesses you through an individual, he blesses you through relationship, the world does not understand it because the world comes from a perspective of jealousy and pride, and they don't understand. I think of some examples in scripture. I think of Barnabas. Barnabas was a man who was put in Paul's life to just incredibly extraordinarily encourage Paul. Paul would have not been able to launch his ministry if a Barnabas was not there. But could you imagine if people were surrounding Paul and saying, who's this guy Barnabas? He's kind of weird. He's kind of coming up into your life. I mean, he just kind of showed up out of nowhere, and he's just kind of like speaking like all this encouragement. He's kind of a strange dude, don't you think? I mean, Paul, do you think you want to be like hanging out with him, listening to him? Like he's just kind of showing up over and over again. Can you imagine what would have happened to Paul if he was like, oh, it's more important to me to do what the people around me are saying than to lean into what God has blessed me with, with the person God has blessed. I think about John the Baptist and Jesus. 
I have to imagine that John the Baptist was one of Jesus's best friends, willing to put his life right on the line. Could you imagine if John the Baptist had a bunch of people around him saying, man, listen, you were baptizing long before Jesus was baptizing. Come on, man. This guy, I mean, and this is before Jesus did any miracle. Jesus is just a man, according to people. I mean, it's just, really, he's, he hadn't done anything yet. And he's just like, who's this guy, Jesus? Who does he say he is? I mean, come on, John, you really are the guy. Why? Stop hanging out. It's so strange that you are fighting for him and you're doing all this. This is such out of the ordinary. John knew it was from the Lord and he was blessed. I think of, I think of David and Jonathan's relationship. Do you know in the kingdom, in the, king, in, the, in the mindset of the world, in a kingdom, do you know who was next in line to succeed Saul? It was Jonathan. Jonathan would have been king with Saul, but God didn't anoint Jonathan. He anointed David. Jonathan had every reason to walk in insecurity, to walk in and, 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 and get right alongside his dad and come after David. No, you know what Jonathan did? Jonathan loved David. Jonathan was after David. Jonathan was in David's face, encouraging him, loving him, just extraordinary. The world does not understand that type of love, doesn't understand that type of relationship. So the world gets in and says, that's so weird. Why do you have, why, why don't do that? And guess what? Had David listened to the world, had David listened to that, he would have robbed himself of the greatest blessing in his life. Guys, God has placed in your life, he will place people, supernaturally place people in your life for a season for, for you to be blessed. And it can be tainted by the world's perception. It can be tainted by the voices around you. And when that comes, when those blessings come, you need to grab full and you need to lean full in and you need to express gratitude. You need to, because when you listen to the world and you take the world's lens and you apply it to supernatural things, then all of a sudden you build a wall, you create a chasm, you create distance, and now you cannot have the blessing that was intended to flow because you have cut it off because you were worried about what everybody else was saying. You were worried about what everybody else was thinking about it. When God blesses you, lean into it, lean into it, express gratitude, authentic gratitude paves the way to a more meaningful blessing, to a more meaningful blessing. And here's the thing. It's never about the what. It's about the who. People can do stuff for you all the time. They can give you all types of stuff. But when you express gratitude, you deepen your relationship, your heart posture with that person. You grow in intimacy with that person. You allow the floodgates of blessing both ways to flow. And guys, it's something that the world doesn't recognize. The world is after numero uno. There is not an outflow when it comes to the world. When we express gratitude for the what, we get closer to the who. And the real meaningful blessing is found in the relationship with the who, not in what they did or what they've done. I've got a few people that I'm grateful for, and I want to show you guys these people. This is Danny Gilbert. Danny Gilbert uh, was a man that was here when um, Smyrna Assembly was going. We didn't even have this building. This was way back in the day. And I remember uh, coming to Smyrna Assembly. It was one of my first times there. And I was, you know, I was an adolescent boy. I was going through a whole lot of crap and I just uh, trying to figure out life and figure out things. And, uh, and I was needing, I, I remember I needed money for a bill. Now he didn't know that. Now this man here, he heard from the Lord. Okay. He, he was able to hear from the Lord. And I remember he came up to me and he grabbed me aside and it was, I was like my fourth time there or something here. And he gave me some money. He was shaking my hand. The money was inside there. He said, you know, the Lord told me to give this. You had no idea I had, I, I needed it. He said, the Lord told me to give this, but Kevin, more than that, 
I want you to know that if you come to this church, you will never go fatherless. It stuck with me forever. And it was true. This is Mike Gibson. I love me some Mike Gibson. Mike, I remember being in an elders meeting. I was a youth pastor. First, I was first year as a youth pastor. And um, I went to an elders meeting and I was just, I was really distraught. It's really upset because there were real wonderful things happening in our youth group. And I wanted our youth to know our eldership and the elders just, for whatever reason, they just weren't present. And I went to the eldership and I was like, guys, I just, I really want our youth to know who you are as the elders. Would you please come? Would you just hang out? Even if it's for 10 minutes, would you come? Do you know the next Wednesday, Mike Gibson showed up? And the next Wednesday, Mike Gibson showed up. And the next Wednesday, Mike Gibson showed up. And the next Wednesday, Mike Gibson showed up. And he just stood in the back. And you know what he would do? He would sit back there and he would worship. And then, you know what? As I left, you know what he would do? He would say, Kevin, you keep going and getting them after for the Lord. You keep going after the Lord. And he would encourage me. He was a major source of encouragement in my life. This lady here, Rena Montgomery, I was made fun of horribly in school, especially in high school. And uh, Rena was my bus driver. And she was, she was the bus driver before I even came to this church. And I would get on the bus and I would sit right behind her seat. And you know what Ron, Rena did every single day? She would talk to me. She'd build a relationship with me. She'd be, she would care about what, she made me feel like I was a person. I felt like I was valued. I felt like I was seen every single day. You see movies and shows where the bus pulls up to the house and honks the horn. In Tennessee, the bus doesn't even stop. It just keeps moving. You got to jump on before it, you know, goes. Rena, Rena would stop the bus and honk the horn. She would wait for me to come out when I was running behind. She cared about me. In fact, the very first voice I heard in Smyrna Assembly when I walked in on that Wednesday night, Rena Montgomery was on the platform and she goes, Kevin! I remember yelling. She was just so excited that I was there. Rena left a huge impression on my heart. Finally, this is Margaret Meek. I wouldn't be lead pastor here if it wasn't for this lady and what she poured into my life and the way that she validated me, the way that she encouraged me, the way that she supported me, the way that she... And you know what was best about Margaret for me? You know what, the, you know what was best about Margaret for me? She was my friend. She was my friend. These four people have three things in common with regard to my life. The first thing is, is that they've all gone to be with Jesus. And I'm so jealous because I know that they're with the Savior right now. They've all gone home to be with Jesus. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is that under it, it, there is no question, no shadow of doubt that these four people loved Kevin O'Day. These four people loved me. But the third thing is that if I had 30 more seconds with any one of them, if the Lord would give me an opportunity to just speak for 30 seconds to each one of them, I wouldn't tell them how much they meant to me. I wouldn't even say, I love you. You know what I would say? Thank you. Thank you. And there were so many opportunities that I had to say thank you that I didn't say thank you. What does it look like for you to not walk in regret that you didn't uh, show gratitude to the people who are important to you in your life? 
that you felt it inside, that you walked away, you lived with the person so grateful, but you never put a voice to it. You never expressed it. And I believe that God wants to break down those walls, whatever the reason is, even today, right now, even today, right now. And so here's the assignment. We're gonna go into this song in just a second. We're not gonna have an altar call, but I believe that some of the people that you need to convey a thank you to are sitting in this room. Now, some of them are not, and that's okay because there's a phone, right? There's a phone after this. There's time this week. Maybe it's somebody you're gonna see later this week. You can wait till Thanksgiving day, but I don't encourage it. Why wait? But we're gonna take some time here. Now, let me tell you what this is not. I wanna be very clear about this. This is not a thank you parade. This is not go through the church and just say thank you to everybody. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Barnabas in your life right now? Who is the, who is the person God has just plopped into your life and you don't even understand? How, how did this person arrive? How did this blessing of this person arrive in my life? Or who is, oh, I say or, or and, who is the person that's been sitting there with you forever speaking life into you, doing all of these things for you, that you need to convey thanks thanks to. There's maybe one, two, maybe three people that I bless the Lord and, and, and probably through this message, you've been thinking about them. And this is what I'm gonna ask you to do in just a few moments. It's gonna get messy. I hope it gets messy. I like a good mess, right, Barbie? We're gonna stand and this is what I'm gonna ask you to do. I want you to find that person. If they're in this room, you can even make a phone call. Go out and make a phone call if you need to. Find that person, find that person or two and look them eyeball to eyeball and say, thank you. You can tell them what they mean to you. That's fine. Whatever. And guys, here's the thing. If it's emotional, let me tell you why it's emotional. If it's emotional from the person giving thanks, it's because they held on to this thank you, thank you word for a long time and it's time for it to come out. Now, before we release to do that, I want to talk to you about something that kind of hinders this whole process. That's when we're, when somebody's coming up to you and saying thank you to you, sometimes it's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't know what, what do I do. What do I, what do I say, right? You know, it's like, what I, and then what we do is we go, oh, it's not me. Oh no, I didn't do that. I just, I don't deserve it. I don't, you know, all of that stuff. Let me tell you what that's like. When somebody has mustered up the ability to come and say thank you to you and you say to them, oh, it's not me. Don't, it's like taking this thank you gift. I don't deserve this. This is so bad. Guys, we have a simple response to thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's all you have to say. You're welcome. When people come and convey and express gratitude to you, to, to, to you, they want two things from you. They want you to listen and they want you to receive. That's it. That's it. So who's the Barnabas in your life right now? Who's the one that God has placed in your life and said, I, I'm using him or her to encourage you. Who's the, who's the John the Baptist that's fighting on your behalf? Who's the, who's the Jonathan in your life that loves you more than anything else and you don't understand it? Who are the people that God has placed in your life supernaturally in this season right now? Who are those people? Let's render and express thanks to them in this place right now. Look, some of those people might be up here playing music. It's messy. Come on up here. They'll stop playing, hug them, kiss them, whatever you got to do. Just let's get into this and let's God, let's let God do some work. And after you thank them, guess what both of you are going to get to do? 
Once that happens, it goes vertical. You praise God. You praise God for that relationship. So let's stand together. They're going to do this song. And you find that person. Don't be bashful or shy. You start moving.